0: Um, you know I wanted to be part of that and I love playing for Boston I take so much I have tremendous pride in being from this city and um, you know being able to play for my home city is something that I absolutely love doing and um, it's an opportunity that I don't take for granted I I, I'm so appreciative of getting to suit up and put on that Boston jersey every time I get the chance so um, you know like to come full circle, it's, I love playing hockey, and I love having the opportunity to, to be a, a role model or to impact the younger generations. It's, I get to do it in my classroom, and when I get to do it in, on the ice as well, that's, um, that's something that I'm really excited about being part of.
1: Hello women's hockey fans, welcome to another episode of the Founding Four Podcast. We are in all kinds of variations of isolation, social distancing, for those of you maybe who traveled or unfortunately are not feeling well, quarantine, I do hope that everyone listening is in good health and good spirits, hopefully here at the Founding Four Podcast, we can spread some of the love, the love for, you know, each other as hockey fans, and of course the the love of the good old hockey game, as I've heard it said and sung, but specifically on the women's side. The Founding Four Podcast is an independent women's hockey podcast, and we are back with our series, The Original Eight. This Episode very excited to share this episode with you. Um, our guest on the podcast today, uh, just one of the most prepared people, uh, perhaps I've ever had the pleasure of, of of watching. And in the interview, you'll hear that Jillian Dempsey, captain of the Boston Pride, she mentions another very prepared athlete uh, who unfortunately passed earlier this year one Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant once said confidence comes from preparation and Jillian Dempsey she's a top three goal scorer in the NWHL uh shout out to the stats man aka Murphy just Murphy <laughs> that of course is my former co-host Mike Murphy At Dig Deep BSB, Jillian Dempsey is the all-time leading goal scorer in the NWHL. She has 46 goals right on her tail. Madison Packer with 42 goals, both members of the original eight. Just wanted to give a little shout out to uh, Mike Murphy, great stats work that he's doing. Obviously a friend of the pod, founder of the Founding Four podcast. Anyway, back to Jillian Dempsey co-MVP, leading goal scorer, captain of the Boston Pride, and our guest as we continue our series, The Original Eight. I'm speaking to all of the eight players that have played in the NWHL for all five of its seasons. Jillian Dempsey has been with the Boston Pride all five seasons and is awaiting her chance at another Isabel Cup championship. She will talk about winning the Isabel Cup with the Boston Pride in the 2015-16 season. Of course, Denna Lang was her teammate on that Boston team. That team really rallied around Denna, who was injured at the Outdoor Classic. Um, But we also talk, as I do with all of the original eight, uh, about playing against some of the other women who've been in the league for five years. And... Jillian, again, in a, in a Mamba mentality moment, she talks about appreciating the process. And I see that. I see that in the way Jillian plays. I see that in the way she respects the game. Not just the game, but she respects her opponents by giving her all on the ice, but also by uh, studying her opponents. And she does that by giving some great insight on, on some of the other players in the league. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with, with Dempsey and I'm glad to present it to you now. So without further ado, as we continue the original eight series, here's my interview with Boston Pride captain and Massachusetts native Jillian Dempsey. In this league, because of where we are right now with with women's ice hockey, and so so Demps, like, what is that for you? What has it been like, you know, year after year to to make that decision, not just to come back to the NWHL, but to come back to the pride?
0: Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that it's been five years and that I've been uh, playing professional hockey for seven now. Um, you know, I, it, it's still a little bit strange being like, wow, I'm one of the veterans now, um, but at the end of the day, what it always comes down to is like I love playing hockey, and everybody who plays at this point, like beyond college, is doing it because there's just that that deep love of something you've been doing your whole life and that you enjoy doing, and wanting to create opportunities for the girls who are coming next. Um, and so for me, it's you know it's funny because people have asked before, oh like when do you plan on stopping? And I, and I don't have that in my head of when I plan on stopping. Right now, I just want to keep playing as long as I can. And each season, you know, when each season ends, I have that that hunger to want to go win the Cup and um, to, to end the season as a championship. And when that happens, it's great. And you build on it all summer because you want it again. And when it doesn't happen, it's the only thing that you're thinking about is, all the you know in mid July doing off ice training, doing power skating or skills. The thing that's in your mind that's driving things is is getting to that cup and having that chance to, to be the team that ends the season on a win. Um, and so for me, every you know I, I'm a very routine oriented person. So when uh, you know my off ice training, my on ice training, it just it never really stops. Um, you know I take a little bit of a, a break in the spring with some of the on ice, but you know, I'm just back into the rhythm of, okay, now refocusing, training, getting better for next season. So when each season ends, I'm just focused on getting ready and better for the next season. Um, Obviously this past off season was a lot more difficult with, with some decision-making because there was so much that was unclear and um, so many questions about what the the future is going to look like, what the logistics were even going to look like. And, ultimately what it came down to for me was this league is growing and maybe it's not growing at the pace that some people expect it to be at right now, or maybe it's not the angle, like for sure, it's not the angle, but it's, it's working towards that. And, um, I, you know, I felt that dismantling something that is improving and growing and showing progress, um, wasn't the right move I feel that being part of that and building from what we have is is the best way to be able to make that growth and, and have that visibility and um, be able to show the kids in the stands that this is an option for them and that by the time they get there it's going to be even better so um, you know that I, I felt strongly that the league is making strides in the right direction and um, you know, I wanted to be part of that and I love playing for Boston. I take so much, I have tremendous pride in being from this city and, um, you know, being able to play for my home city is something that I absolutely love doing. And, um, it's an opportunity that I don't take for granted. I, I, am so appreciative of getting to suit up and put on that Boston Jersey every time I get the chance. So, um, you know, like to come full circle. It's, I love playing hockey, and I love having the opportunity to to be a, a role model or to impact the younger generations. It's I get to do it in my classroom, and when I get to do it in, on the ice as well, that's um, that's something that I'm really excited about being part of is, is impacting. Um, so, um, you know, really, just every opportunity is playing is precious, and want to make the most of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think anyone who's seen you play, Jill, would uh, you know they can bear witness to to all of that as well as I mean, you, you know, if you look up the definition of professional and and what people think of a professional athlete, I mean, you're tops uh, as far as a lot of people are concerned in the NWHL. But I don't I don't want to go there yet, Jill. I want because you're also you're also uh, you know fun. You got a great laugh, great smile. I love the Halloween costume. <laughs> You know, as as a nerd, yeah. that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I want you to reflect on this on this five years and whether it's on the ice or on the bus or in practice, what are some of the the memories that you have that you've been building up uh, over the, over these five years with the Boston Pride?
0: Wow, jeez. the five years is a lot to to really think about and take in, but um, you know, obviously, winning the cup in that inaugural season was a very special memory for me, especially with, um, you know, the the tragic situation with at the winter classic with Denna and being there and witnessing that. And, um, you know, knowing the adversity that a dear friend of mine was facing, um, you know, that kind of really motivated our group that year to, to really appreciate, playing and going out there and we wanted to do it for denna and so not only winning and getting to be a champion which is obviously any athlete's uh, goal at the end of a season but being able to kind of do that for denna and with denna in mind was something that made that experience truly special um and so that's that's a highlight of the past five years um and you know every single year there's memories with different teammates and you know it's the, as much as i can recount so many of the on-ice moments because i'm one of those people who you can say oh this game i can tell you an exact goal or an exact play or um, something that somebody did out there blocked a shot made a great defensive play like those things really stick with me but the memories of being on the bus or being in the locker room with the group and really just kind of enjoying the company and enjoying the experience is what, you know, most athletes will say they, they remember most from their times playing. So um, this this season has really been a great combination of both of that, where the on-ice success has been such a blast, and, and we're finding it, and it's it's a memorable, put, you know, putting the puck in the net, being part of goal huddles, that's always the best being in the celebration. But also just being off the ice and um, you know, this past weekend coach hooked up hooked us up with being able to watch the Rangers game.
1: I saw that. In, in a <laughs> nice. couple of
0: suites because he spent three seasons as a New York Ranger. And we you know, we're on our way from Bridgeport to New York City and uh Torrey Sullivan who it was one of the goofballs on our team. You know, she's she's a riot. She has this massive speaker that she just brings everywhere, like comes on the plane. Like, it's when I tell you it's massive, it's almost, like, too big to put up on your shoulder. <laughs> and it's heavy, and it's just – she brings it everywhere. Um, and she just starts blaring out, you know, Empire State of Mind. So we're on the bus, and everybody's just rapping along to – Um, jay-z's empire state of mind as we're pulling into new york city so and we're just cracking up and and enjoying that and then being able to walk through times square and um spend some time at that rangers game and then having the opportunity the next day to go out and play hockey together and and be out there you know having that urgency and having that heart for the team is just something that's been especially enjoyable this season for me you know um is enjoying off the ice very much and um the grind on the ice um and i was actually watching a Kobe bryant video the other day uh, that was really moving just talking about how you have to appreciate the process in the grind and that's so much of being an athlete is enjoying that like those hours in the gym putting in the work that nobody sees or being on the ice extra after practice and getting in those reps shooting or extra sprints, that sort of stuff, or what you're doing in the summer. Um, And so I was thinking to myself, like, man, I love the process and I, and I love being part of that um, and getting to put it all together with my teammates and being out there grinding for them too. So um, just so many great memories. Honestly, I could go on and on, but I'll spare you that. (laughs) Uh, But it's really been something special and I hope there's, there's much more to come.
1: Yeah, I think everyone uh, is right there with you. But, um, you know, I would love that you gave me all of that and that you can, you can give me more. We might have to go long because, like I said, I've been talking to the five-timers, and Kira's like – I can't even remember what I did yesterday. You're asking me for five <laughs> years. I'm like, here, come on. The folks want to know. But uh, <laughs> going off of going off of that, um, I've also been asking uh, all of the players that have been in the league since the beginning, the the founders, inaugural members, to talk about the other the other eight players that have been here since the beginning. And so I'm going to do it a little different, though, Demps. So okay. uh, I'm going to ask you to talk about players that you have not played on a team with so only players that you've you've uh, played against your your opposition so Kira would count obviously Madison Packer would count Um, you know Elena Orlando Shannon Doyle Jordan Brickner, um, Bowie doesn't count because you played with her in, in season right. one. But, um, you know, when you think of those players, again, the, your opponents that have been on the ice, you've been grinding it out against them for five years. What stands out to you about all of them, any of them individually? What, what do you remember since you, since you got that great memory? What do you remember about <laughs> some of those battles?
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because I actually did play with Kiara for the Blades
1: my first that's right played, yeah that's right, right. well um, in the end up we'll go with that okay, all yeah. Right, okay. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I
0: just, like I did you know we didn't she was coaching that year so I know that um she wasn't around a ton um at, for most of the season but I did just want to clarify that piece um you know I uh, you, if you ask me what comes to mind thinking of Doyle it's knowing that she's going to be there trying to block a shot and <laughs> Like, this weekend specifically, there's one a rebound that squirted out, and I didn't have that great of an angle, but I thought I was at least going to get a great chance on net, and she comes in on one knee from who knows where and, and was able to block it, and I'm like, ah, oh, Doyle. You know, so when I think of Doyle, I'm, I'm thinking of that, um, you know, how she was always, like, she's been a part of the whale this entire time, and at the beginning of, of the league, they were – like, I remember they started – they were undefeated, uh, like, through December in year one, and they were kind of the top dog, and everybody was looking to take out the whale, you know, like take down that first-place undefeated whale. Um, and But it, it's really felt since then that the whale has been that team that when you're playing against them, you know that there's going to be 100% effort coming – like, no matter what they have – the one guarantee was that they're going to be working and they're going to be battling and they're never out of a game. Um, And Doyle being somebody on that team for, for the past five years, um, you know, I think you could really see that in her style of play, like putting the body in front of the puck and just kind of trying to do whatever it takes to to make a play. Um, So when I think of Doyle, that's what I think of Um, Packer, Packers, a little bit of an easy, you know. We, we were we played together at U18s, which feel U18s for Team USA, um, which feels like a long time ago. Um, so we we knew each other a little bit before college, um, and then obviously have been um, pretty much head to head the past five years, always a battle against the Riveters, and um, you know both both number fourteen, um, and you know just. Out there, you know, we play we have different styles of play for sure and it's but it's crappy and and I know that when I'm going against Packer that it's physical and I really gotta gotta hold my own and, and be ready to battle. Uh, there's a funny image that Michelle I think it was Michelle J captured in year one where I'm my body is horizontal to the ice because um, you know, I was I was battling with Packer and she just she just got the better end of it, and, and I was in the air because she was so powerful and strong, and she knocked me over, not, not <laughs> pumped about that part, um, but there's a funny image that kind of captures that, and, um, you know, she's one of those players who plays tough and plays gritty, um, and is gets into those dirty areas of the ice, um, but also gets beautiful goals with, like, a toe drag and a snipe top shelf, and... Um, she really has that duality and does both. So, um, you know, when I'm on the ice against her, I, I know not try not to give her a lot of space and and make sure she doesn't have time and space to make a play because she was, she's somebody who would capitalize on that. So, um, you know, playing against Packer, I know she's tough and I know she, she finds a way to put the puck in the net. So, um, that's kind of what I think of with her. And I, I try to, you know, when I'm out there, I try to make sure I'm physical and keeping her off the board. Um, uh, let's see, Orlando. Um, funny, because one of my few, I, I don't know her very well, and I don't really, I don't have a ton of memories of interacting with her on the ice much, but there, there was a year, I think, I want to say season three, where there was kind of a bench-clearing brawl um, when we were playing at the Whale, um, I think somebody, somebody hit somebody and then there was a whistle, but somebody else got the other person, you know, you know how that starts. And it was right in front of our bench. And I was in there just trying to pull my teammates out of there. Cause that ne- that never ends well. It ends with game suspensions and penalties and we don't need any of that. So I'm just trying to pull people out and then, from behind, somebody's has my head, and I'm like, "What is going on?" I'm just in there trying to break it up. I'm not trying to find anybody, um, and it, it ended up being Orlando. So that's kind of my my, my real memory of,
1: <laughs> of Orlando. Um, that sounds up to par. She doesn't she doesn't play around with those scrums.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, and I think it might have been one. And she was Riverdale season one, right?
1: Oh yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah. yeah. And then there was there was definitely a scrum there where I know Getty was in it.
0: And I like tried to get in between to, to make sure fists weren't going to be throwing. And I think I ended up getting hit by one. And I'm like, I'm just trying to pick it up. That seems I should know better than going in there, but I, I like to go in there to be there for my teammates, but I'm not going to be throwing anything, you know, just trying <laughs> to calm everything down and separate. Um, yeah. <laughs> but she, I, I definitely remember her being part of that too. So my memories with her involved, um, some kind of brawl but she's out there battling and she's going to play tough and um same thing she's you know she was part of the the whale for a while now and um definitely not not going to give us an inch going to be battling till the last whistle so um uh, that's kind of what i think of with orlando i think there's kind of this m- mutual understanding among all of us and um you know, some of the other players who have been playing maybe not all five seasons, but, um, several of those seasons, there's kind of this understanding of, you know, what that grind is like, you know, what they're putting in, um, because at competing professionally, like, I mean, obviously most people have their, their job and their career during the day. And I, I love mine. So I love that I get to do both. Um, like having to choose one would be tough because I, I love both and I, and I want to you know it's great that I have the opportunity to be able to balance and do um, teaching and playing hockey because I, I really enjoy both facets um, of of what takes up most of my time you know so um, but there is that you like you're put in you, after the work day you have workout and you got you have to make sure that you're training to, to be ready to go and to be um, keeping up your speed and your strength and explosiveness. And um, and then you have practices during the week that are usually at night. So um, I think, you know, a word that gets um, thrown around a lot is sacrifice and, and really being like consistently putting in that work uh, because it's not just, oh, you show up for practice or you show up for the game. It's like it's, it's a lot of so much of what happens when you're not at the rink for practice, like what are you doing to get yourself ready in the gym off the ice? What are you doing, um, you know, with the stick handling ball or an extra ice sessions working on, uh, your shooting and your stick handling and your skating. So there's so many, um, part, you know, they say success is like an iceberg or, where there's so much below the surface that you don't see with what people are putting in. Um, and, you know, like I have said before, so, so many of my teammates, you know, they joke around with me and they call me a hardo O and whatever. Um, but like I said, I love that process and I love that grind. And, um, even on some days when it's a little more tired and you don't go into the gym, what, you know, putting in that work and, and, and knowing that you're getting better and that you're going to be able to do your job and help your team is, is such a great feeling. So, um, you know, th- those girls have been doing it now for five seasons and, um, balancing whatever other job and commute and, um, other areas of life. So there's kind of this mutual, like, I know what I'm putting in. So I, I imagine they're doing the same. Um, and, and you know, that it's- it it requires a lot of dedication and, um, a lot of commitment to, to the goal and, um, like there's, we, we love it. So if we're still here, we love that. And then there's some appreciation there knowing that um, you know, we're making the sacrifices, doing the grind and, and doing our part to try to push this game forward and, and create opportunities for, for the future generations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, well said, uh, you know, and there's uh, kind of this motto that's going around this year with the NWHL. It's like, you know, earn it, prove it. And it, kind of what you, uh, what you just said, I think it lends itself to that motto. But I, w- I want to think now, Dempsey, uh, and then we'll transition to the, to the other conversation. But, um, yeah. you know, if you think about the next five years – of the NWHL and I'm, I'm going to ask you to kind of look into the future, you know, get your crystal ball or whatever, but, uh, you know, what, what are your hopes for, for the next five years of, of the NWHL for the Boston pride? And then, um, you know, do you see yourself or, or in what role do you see yourself in, in that next five years as, as we, uh, you know, in the future, get ready for, for 10 seasons?
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, ultimately, especially right now with the differing perspectives on how to grow the game and the different visions for how to um, achieve what women's hockey wants to achieve. Obviously, I, I love for for everybody who's playing post-college, for every women's professional player to, to be on the same page and to be um, – you know working together towards that um you know for so long we've had the competing leagues which in a way was great like each league kind of challenged the other league to to make improvements and to get better um but ultimately it's ideal if all of the professional women players are playing together um so first and foremost it'd be great in in the next five years to um to really make the growth that some people who don't feel the nwhl is doing like to make that growth that will make them want to be part of it again or part of it period um so that we have everybody playing together you know that's something that that would be great to see um and, and expansion is something that would be exciting. I don't. I wouldn't say immediately, because I think if it's it's too immediate, that it might, um, you know, it might be too much at once, kind of a thing. So um, I think making sure that we're continuing to get those supporters and investors, um, and and solidifying those fan bases that already are there, um, but that in the next couple of years, really expanding. To a different market that's ready for women's hockey, and that will will be thrilled to have a team there, and will be ready to support it. Um, but so, I think expansion is definitely on the horizon. I I don't know where there's, um, you know, people have thrown around Pittsburgh or DC or um, another Midwest team. Hopefully, Canadian teams at some point, um, but have an expansion. to to make this, to add more teams and um, increase the number of games. It would, would also be something that I'd love to see develop over the next five years. Um, And geez, it's hard to, it's hard to think about where I personally will be in five years. And honestly, I I mean, I hope I'm still getting to play. I hope I'm still competing at a level where I've, I'm doing well out there, you know, like, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm bringing that intensity and then still having that, um, you know, that fire to be out there, and if you ask me today, of course, I'm going to be playing in five years, you know, that's just kind of where my mindset is when I think about playing, Um, I I don't think about the day that I'm not, Um, I just think about, oh, of course, I'm playing next year, of course, like, I just keep playing because I love it, and And that fire still burns. So, um, you know, I I guess I would hope, hopefully, still be playing and, uh, you know, being able to lead this Boston Pride organization and um, hopefully have a handful of Isabelle Cups under the belt. Um, You know, I think this season with Miles, our our new um, ownership has really tried to set the standard for, for what's possible with teams. Um, being privately owned i know in the past there was pagula and that was so exciting to see that obviously it's disappointing that they're not no longer part of it but the hopes are that people who are really in it for the long run and um you know who have true investment like whether they have daughters or um uh, are somehow connected to the game themselves like that is going to be that real deep connection that they're going to be fully invested when they have that connection you know like Miles has a couple of daughters who play and I think that it's great because he's obviously helping to kind of create what their future can be um, and you know we've enjoyed the season so much with having that ownership and obviously it's awesome if each club can, can be privately owned and um, experience some of those, those great benefits of of having somebody owning the organization so um, yeah five years down the line I'd say a couple a handful of new teams some Canadian um, and just other markets um, still be out there leading leading the Boston Pride and um, having some championships to go with that Um, and and continuing to build opportunities and learn to play programs that we have with Boston Bruins right now, um, have those grow so that we can really be out there in the community, uh, doing skills over, over the off season and some in season and, um, you know, really just kind of solidifying that community outreach, um, and, and, and really reaching out across the, the state, um, to get more girls into hockey and and to um, raise the level that at which they're competing, um, but it's it's it'll be exciting to see where it goes. You know, I um, that's just kind of if I envision it, uh, that's that's the direction I see it going. And with those sorts of um, additions and with that growth, obviously. I would think that you know the the revenue improves and um, you know the the broadcast of games maybe getting on some local channels like um, especially like in Massachusetts, Nesson would be awesome. Um, and with that increase in the revenue and with the investors and more support that's coming in and that continued growth, um, an increase in player salaries um, and. But that's kind of all the stuff that I think would grow with the other areas growing, if that makes sense.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a long-winded answer,
0: but oh, it's I think, great! I think that's how you know. I'd like to see some of those things improve um, and just build.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Stick taps to all of that. Uh, you know, and uh, in five years, you'll be well under the age of 42. So uh, whether it's, uh, you know, an emergency backup goalie or Chara in, in Boston, I think you still got some time. Yeah, I think um,
0: Tom Brady and Chara.
1: There you go. They really, they really
0: set the standard for, for athletes competing. Um, in Boston. so
1: There you go, yep, something in that water, I <laughs> guess.
0: Yeah, we're, we kind of, you know, we joke about that a little bit. People are like, oh, you're going to be playing until you're 40. Um, and and we laugh about it, but um, obviously I think just being able to play for, um, for as long as we can is, is a great opportunity and something that, that is very much appreciated and, um, you know, recognized as precious at, as having that, you know, opportunity to keep playing.
1: You gave me so much great stuff, Jill. So I yeah, really, thanks, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I know you're, you're finishing up after work. So I, I, as always, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time and your thoughts. Um, Likewise. Thank
0: you for all the coverage you do for our sport and for us.
1: Of course. As always, thank you to Jillian Dempsey for her time thought we had a great conversation. I recorded this while I was in California. Ooh, those were the days. The little tan that I got from California is slowly fading away. So, um, you know, I'm glad I'll put it this way. I'm glad I was able to take that trip out to California and I look forward to my next trip out of town. Uh, once things settle down here again, of course, want to make sure everyone's staying safe, staying healthy. Um, but what a joy, what a delight to talk to Jillian Dempsey. I'm looking forward to being on the call when we return to NWHL action because of coronavirus. The NWHL, as you likely know by now, has postponed the Isabel Cup final. There's one game left in the fifth season of the NWHL, and it's the one for all the beans. Uh, that's actually our propose, since... It'll be in Boston. But no, this is not the Bean Pot. This is the Isabel Cup. This is the Isabel Cup final. And uh, Jillian Dempsey will be going up against Allie Thunstrom and the Minnesota Whitecaps once we return to NWHL action. As always, thank you to the Patreon posse. This is an independent podcast, no longer a part of a large media branch. So I'm doing this on my own. It is the subscriptions to Patreon that allow me to record unlimited, unlimited shows, and I'm going to take full advantage of that while uh, uh, staying away from the great outdoors. Um, In addition to this interview with Julian Dempsey, I had a great conversation with Digit Murphy. You'll get to learn a little bit about hockey history, her take on the NCAA cancelling the Frozen Four tournament. So we have no champion, even though her alma mater, Cornell, ranked number one going into the tournament. But we also talk about uh, the the progress, or lack thereof at times, in women's sports. Digit Murphy is a great mind, period, um, but especially when it comes to women in sport. So I have that coming for you on Friday. That is the 27th, I believe. On Friday, the 27th, we will get the winner of the Patty Kaz Award, the Patty Kaz Memorial Award given to the top, uh, the top female hockey player in NCAA Division I. Uh, So if you read the Nine Newsletter, you know I've given you a comprehensive breakdown of the top 10 and, of course, the top three that we have now. Um, And so by Friday, we will have the Patty Kaz winner. No banquet, no uh, brunch this year, but still hope to get the Patty Kaz winner on the podcast. So lots coming up, lots happening in the sports world, lots happening in the world, period. Um, Next on the original eight, we will hear from Elena Orlando of the Connecticut Whale, founder of the New York Riveters, then transitioned over to the Connecticut Whale, where she's been the last four seasons. Also have in the can a conversation with Kaylee Fratkin. So those will be the next two coming on the original eight. And we'll wrap up this series once we have all eight players. So this will take us through the next several weeks. And uh, I'll keep you updated with other women's hockey news here on the Founding Four podcast. But please... Anyone who's able, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at founding4pod. That's founding the number four pod on Twitter. You can follow me, elindsay08, on Twitter, also Instagram. And uh, yeah, please share, rate, and review. We're looking for more reviews for the Founding 4 pod, the way the analytics work and all that stuff. We need people to know that that you're listening to the Founding 4 pod. So share, like, subscribe, rate, and review all the goods. Until next time, Erica Ayala, signing out.